Well, as I said in the beginning of my uh, the beginning of mass, I'd like to focus today on this idea of the difference between wants on the one hand and needs on the other. And uh, the scriptures are very clear that God caters to everything that we want. Oh no, wait a second. No, that's not true. The scriptures say that God answers our needs. God answers our needs. You know, there was uh, a few years ago, I, before I was even in seminary, I was working as a layman in a parish in Rochester, and I was helping out the religious education person. She was giving a, a lesson and instruction. She went on for about 30 minutes, and it was she was speaking, I believe, if my memory serves me, she was speaking to, to second grade children, preparing them for First Communion. And at the end of her half an hour talk, uh, a child who was in second grade said, so what you're talking about, I think, is the difference between wants and needs. And, and it was just, it was like, that's right. It just totally ca- captured what she was talking about. And it was really this little genius there, you know. But, but that distinction between wants and needs, my brothers and sisters, so, so important and fundamental for us if we want to live our lives as human beings and as Christians. So let's dig in a little bit deeper into this idea of the difference, the all-important difference between wants and needs. Well, let's consider wants. A want is something that's proper to us as individuals, not proper to us as a species, but proper to us as an individual and it's acquired, it's picked up, it's not innate. It's developed, whether that development and that acquisition takes place over a short period of time or a long period of time. It's something that comes to us from the outside, essentially. We develop it, okay? Now, there could be innate predisposing factors that might influence whether someone has a certain set of wants rather than another set of wants. But the wants themselves are not innate. The other really important thing about a want is that it's fully conscious. We are completely aware of it. It shows up large and in charge on the radar screen of our experience and our psychology. If we want something, we know we want it. Okay? So wants are fully conscious. Now, both of these points are in contrast to needs. Needs, a need is not proper to us as individuals, and that's not just proper to us as individuals, but it's proper to us as a species. It's common to all of us as human beings. It's rooted in our very human nature. So it's very, very deep. A need is something very, very deep. And it holds true for us as a human being, regardless of what ethnicity we are, regardless of what our cultural influences, environmental factors, our historical setting. A need is going to be a need for me whether I lived 2,000 years ago, 20,000 years ago, or 10 years ago. A need is going to be a need. It's unchanging. It's proper to us as human beings. And so something needs are what we have in common with each other. Okay? 
And moreover, again, in contradistinction to that second point about the want, is a need, it, it can be consciously felt, okay, if I'm hungry, I need food, I'm aware of it. If I'm thirsty, I need to drink, I'm aware of that. But needs also can be unconscious. We can have needs that we're not even aware of. And that's really important to get that difference between wants and needs. We can have a need that we're not even aware of. So, for example, all human beings need knowledge. Not just information, but knowledge and understanding. Given the fact of who we are as human beings, we need that. But we're not always aware of that. Okay, if we're, if we're ignorant, hey, that's what ignorance is all about. You don't know what you don't know. Okay? So we can have these very deep and important needs that do cry out to be fulfilled, and yet we're not fully aware of them. And we can have, not always, sometimes our wants are compatible with our needs, okay? I want a particular kind of car, not another kind of car. I want this for dinner as opposed to that for dinner. And those wants aren't really opposed to my needs. But sometimes our wants can actually be opposed to our needs, such that if we were to try to pursue our wants, our needs would actually be frustrated and go unfulfilled. And that is really, really important to get down and to understand. My brothers and sisters, God caters to not our wants, but our needs. Our needs. It's very interesting. In our responsorial psalm today, says the Lord answers our needs. Answers. It's as if our needs are having a dialogue with God. It's as if they're speaking out. They're crying out to God. And God is answering them. The Word of God corresponds to the depths of our hearts as human beings. And it's in dialogue with it. And it fulfills it at a deep level. And we hear in our gospel acclamation, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The word of God is what truly fulfills us and satisfies us. How awesome is that? But here's the trick, my brothers and sisters. As I said, wants, by definition, are very obvious and evident. We are always conscious of them. Needs? Maybe not. Maybe not. Okay? And so therefore, sometimes that need that cries out and the voice of the Lord that corresponds and answers to that need is very quiet. And that's why we've got to listen. We've got to listen. And so we hear in our first reading today from the prophet who says, Be heedful and you will be satisfied. Listen to me and you will eat rich fare and enjoy good food. And be fulfilled. Okay, so we got to listen. The metaphor that it, it kind of occurs to me in this, and this is, I'm going to date myself, okay, as someone from the 80s. During the 80s, what was really hot was the boombox. Okay, you guys remember this boombox? I know my friends had one. I, I was never able to get a boombox. My parents wanted to buy me one. I felt bad about that. I wasn't cool because I didn't have the boombox. And the kids would actually, they loved the boombox so much that they would put it on their shoulder, and the speaker would be right at the ear. Can you imagine that? Here's Okay? And they're jamming away to whatever it is that they're listening to. 
on the boombox. The boombox is a good metaphor for a watch. It's very loud. Okay? Now, imagine someone calling to that kid, you know, here's Johnny jamming away with his boombox, and someone saying behind, hey, Johnny, 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 hey, Johnny, is Johnny going to hear him, right? Because he's, he's got that thing right by his ear, and it's really loud. And it's not that the voice of the person calling behind him is like a wimpy voice or something like that. It's just polite. And it doesn't, it's not intrusive and noisy and loud. And that's the voice of the Lord that answers our needs. It calls to us from behind. And uh, sometimes our wants can overshadow and drown out and eclipse the still small voice, the polite voice of the Lord that calls to us from behind, that beckons to us. And so as human beings and as Christians, we go through an educational process it's an education of the heart that takes place, whereby when we set ourselves out and commit ourselves to walk down the path of virtue and the commandments of God, more and more, we're going to have to occasionally say to our, to our wants, no. We're going to have to say no to our wants. Not always, but sometimes we're going to have to say no to our wants. And thereby we take that boombox and we kind of distance it from ourselves. And little by little, as we distance the boombox from the ear, we start to hear that voice of the Lord. We start to become aware of those deeper needs. And those deeper needs then, the more that we find their fulfillment by following the law of God, they start to, to, to uh, lift up and arise in our level of consciousness, and we become aware of them. Okay, We start to find peace and joy in the depths of our hearts. And it's an experiential thing, but it's not immediate. It's a process. It's the result of a process of education, of saying no to the wants that's going to frustrate our deeper needs and saying yes to virtue and to God's commandments that, that put us in a position where we can be fulfilled, where we can be fulfilled. My brothers and sisters, I'll leave you with this one final sort of observation on our readings today. It's our gospel text. What we're looking at here is an image and a foreshadowing of the Eucharist. It's really an image and a foreshadowing of the Eucharistic assembly. If you notice, Jesus feeds the crowds, not directly, but through the hands of his priests, of the apostles, who were the first priests of the Church of Christ. And we can imagine it's very similar to what we do here in church with the Eucharist. And there's, there's Jesus, and he's meeting our needs through the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist. He's meeting our needs. So it's the Word of God that answers all our needs, and it's the Eucharist that answers all our needs. And moreover, the Eucharist is the center of our unity. It meets our needs not just as individuals, but as a community. And thereby it functions as the center of our community is the principle of unity in, in any given social group. So any given social group, if you make rules and you govern according to people's wants, guess what happens? Chaos. Chaos. Okay? People might say, well, oh, we can govern everything according to people's wants. We just have to negotiate with each other. Yeah. Good luck trying to do that. 
It's hard enough getting a husband and a wife to negotiate with each other to let each other know their wants. Can you imagine trying to do that with millions of people in a given society? Not going to happen. It's chaos. That's what we're, we're seeing today. But if we make rules and if we govern according to human needs rooted in human nature, guess what? Unity. Harmony. We're all on the same page together. My brothers and sisters, if we are failing to do this in the broader society, we as the church have the responsibility to show the world what a unified humanity is all about. And we can do that because of God's word that meets our needs, because of the sacraments that meet our needs, especially the sacrament of Holy Communion. We need to love each other to be in unity and harmony with each other as Christians. So important. We are called as the body of Christ on this earth to be the sign and the symbol of a unified humanity. This is what Jesus came to die for. And that's possible because he meets our needs through word and through sacrament.